Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk, finally back with my one and only Diamond Creek Bomb. Together again. Together Although again. Although I will say... We're doing a little bait and switch because Nick and I talked before this and we were like, let's not talk about the biggest news stories in the beauty industry this week. <laughs> no, let's just talk because we've been like ships passing in the night for the past few weeks. Let me tell you something. Trying to do a podcast by yourself, <laughs> it's tough. It's like having a one-way conversation and there's only so long you can do that for. You ha- At least yeah. you had a guest. I was just going. Do you ever talk to yourself in the car? Like, Do you ever have imaginary no. conversations? Really? No. I mean, in my head all day long, every day, but not, I never verbalize it. Wow. Do you? That's fascinating. I wonder if it's because you grew up in New York. You talked out loud? Of course. That seems like a sign of mental illness. Think me. of how long I was in a car growing up, though. I know. <laughs> but maybe it prepared me to like have a podcast without a co-host. Maybe you should be shaking True. your little New York booties. Your little, your little agriculture minis. <laughs> one time, I w- it was one of my first jobs. I'm going to keep the facts vague so as to protect the innocent. And I walked into the men's bathroom, and my boss was, like, screaming at himself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was not supposed to see that. <laughs> Saying what? Like, berating himself? Yes. Like or talking himself, himself up. No, 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 no. Like berating himself. Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, oh. I was like, oh, God. And then I like, I, I literally like walked in and then like walked out. And it was never <laughs> You were like the Homer Simpson meme of him like fading into <laughs> <Yeah>. the bushes. <laughs> it was really bad. But so that's what I always picture when I hear that someone talks to themselves. I'm like, nothing good comes out of talking to yourself. Oh, no. We're having a very pleasant conversation. What do you talk about? I'm responding to interview questions. Interesting. Who's interviewing you? It could be anyone. I think back then I was keeping it kind of vague. Like what prepping kind of questions for, are they asking? Mm, what are your thoughts on Israel? <laughs> you would talk about that kind of stuff? Oh. No, I'm totally joking. <laughs> you got to be ready. <laughs> Nick, what are your thoughts on Israel? Yeah, have you that's been? where we should take this podcast. I have been and I hated it, but that has nothing to do with Interesting. You're the, the second country. person I heard say that. I went on Birthright, which is a program where any... Jewish person, I think you can even be a quarter Jewish, is gets a all expenses paid trip, 10 day trip to Israel. And it turns out that there's no such thing as a free trip to Israel because <laughs> <laughs> you have to do whatever they say for 10 days. What are you touring sites? Like, yeah, what are you doing? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, essentially, what the point of it is, is to like indoctrinate you into like. Zionism. Yeah, Zionism and to like potentially convince you to like move back and repatriate. Really? Yeah. You know, like they're trying to get you, you know, that if you meet your wife or husband on birthright, they'll pay for the wedding. But like I went post Madoff and actually the organization that sponsors the program was heavily invested with Madoff. And so they lost a lot of their money. I think it's like part of the Bronfman thing, the Bronfman Billions. HB Fit? <laughs> no. They were a big sponsor of Birthright and Madoff lost all their money. And so I went after Madoff lost all their money and it was like really budget. So there would be like <laughs> two, there'd be like two paths to hike Masada, which is like the, 
you know, mountain you hike in Israel at like three o'clock in the morning. Because it's no, like I beautiful, don't know about I guess. Okay, anyway, dude, like there right. was like the one that is like more beautiful and has fewer people on it. And then there's like the free one. And so we had to like go on the free one. We're basically like you're walking in a long line, like up a mountain at four o'clock in the morning. And I, I did not like it at all. I didn't like being told what to think or what to do. I was, I also, I think you can go from ages 18 to like 26 or 27 is the cutoff. And I think I was like 26 or 27 when I went, you know, I can imagine if you like lived a very sheltered life and then were 18 and like on your own in a foreign country. Got to hang out with hot Israeli soldiers. Exactly. Like you'd be like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like number one, I was too old. So like the freedom was not particularly interesting to me. Number two, it's a cross section of America. So not exactly the most gay friendly. There are actual like LGBTQIA programs, but I just went on a normal one. When you say Um, cross section of America, what do you mean? The other people you went with? Yeah. Okay. It's like from all around the country. You're like randomly placed in these groups. I went with my best friend, but otherwise, like, I kind of felt like I went back into the closet. Like, I had to, like, come out. <laughs> it was, like, really weird. And I was like, I'm 27. Like, why am I having to tell people that I'm gay? Why? Were they like, oh, are you going to find a wife? Like, have you talked to no. Rachel? Yeah. Well, it was just like I was the only gay person out of 30 people. And it was just like the first time in a long because I was like living in New York for, you know, five or six years at that point. Where like, <laughs> if you're straight, you're like the odd man out. And it was just weird. And the hotels and the motels were gross. And Jerusalem is a really, you know, Israel is a complicated place. Jerusalem is a city that is segregated by religion, you know, very sort of like obviously segregated. So there's a Jewish section, say that five times fast, a Jewish section, a Muslim section, and a Christian section of the city. And like, if you're not part of that population, you can't go to that part of the city. And it, it just seemed it like I just found that really weighing heavily over my experience in the city. And then there was like one exercise that we had to play in like the base, like the basically like the bomb shelter of this tourist hotel in Jerusalem, where it was like the implication was you can't speak critically about Israel in front of non-Jews. It was like lots of things like that, that I was like too old and cynical to get behind. But Tel Aviv seems amazing. I was only there for like a day or two. But you know who we saw like at the club one night in Tel Aviv? Amari Studemeyer. Oh, yeah. One of the tallest Jews. Yeah. <laughs> Famously one of the tallest Jews. I think he was also on Birthright. <laughs> but I think he went on a different <laughs> program. How old is Amari Studemeyer? I don't know. Probably 30. I mean, he probably couldn't have been that old. Because he's a basketball player. Basketball players aren't that old. He's 39 now. This was probably, right. I mean, I'm 38 and I probably went, yeah, he was probably 28 or 27. Interesting. This random conversation about Israel actually is a good segue to a little bit of arts and culture that I have. I found a new TV show, which is just new to me. It's not new to the world. It's called Tehran. I guess it was, you know, bought by Apple Plus. Is that what it's called? Apple TV Plus? The first season was an Israeli show about a young Mossad agent, which is the Israeli you know, CIA, 
that has a mission in Tehran in Iran and things go awry and like she has to kind of like get out of Tehran. It's in the vein of Homeland, which I loved for the first few seasons. I also love anything about like Mossad and like the Middle East, but it's really good. The actress who plays the young Mossad agent is beautiful. She looks a lot like Alicia Vikander. The second season, I think, premieres later this month or maybe in early May, and Glenn Close is in it. So I guess they're sort of Americanizing it. Interesting. We talked about this on the podcast, but you know Euphoria was based on an Israeli TV show. Right. And well, actually, so was Homeland. Israelis have really good TV, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Also, there's that show that for those who liked Unorthodox, a lot of people watched next. That also stars Shira Haas from Unorthodox. It's called it's called Steisel. Steisel. Yeah. Steisel. It's an Israeli drama about ultra-Orthodox Jews. And you like it? That one I haven't watched yet, but I generally like anything funny. I like Israeli cinema and Israeli television. Not really wanting to get into the politics of it, but we digress. Can I do an an arts and culture? Oh, do you have one? Okay, yes. I saw the worst movie of all time. What was it? I made the mistake of thinking Jake Gyllenhaal plus an ambulance will be another Nightcrawler. Mm -hmm. Great movie. Have you seen it? Uh, Yeah. Good movie. Great movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like dark. Yeah. Dark. Jake Gyllenhaal. I was visiting my brother in D.C. with my mom this past weekend, and we were tired of walking around. We were like, let's just see a movie. It was either Ambulance, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by Michael Bay, or a porno movie called X that I've actually already seen. So we saw Ambulance, not at all like Nightcrawler. I mean, it's directed by Michael Bay, which that was my first mistake going to a Michael Bay movie. I think that the carbon footprint of a Michael Bay movie has to be what's going to like do us in, in the end. Like that's the straw that broke the camel's back. The amount of like car wrecks, the drone footage, the like death and destruction, the explosions, the papers flying all over downtown LA, the gas involved, all the high speed chases. Like they need to put an end to Michael Bay movies. If there's an actor that has built his personal brand on being like environmentally aware and they work with Michael Bay, they need to be canceled. Mm-hmm. 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 So anyway, worst movie in the world. It was so bad. I feel bad. That, I feel bad even talking about it, but it was like, I had secondhand embarrassment for like Jake Gyllenhaal and the actors in it because it was just like, for instance, there was a scene and we don't want to hear about the movie. Then fast forward. Sorry. There's spoilers, but also don't see the movie. (laughs) (laughs) There was a scene where they were in the back of this ambulance. Basically what happens is Jake Gyllenhaal and his like brother. Who plays his brother? (sighs) He was really hot and he actually did a really good job. Let me see. Does he look like Jake Gyllenhaal? No, if it's his adopted brother, he looks the exact opposite of Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, they're both really hot dudes, but he's like a tall black guy. That was probably a really like a a big thing in the writer's room where they were like, at first it was supposed to be like the person's brother. But then when they cast Jake Gyllenhaal, they were like, let's make it his adopted brother. (laughs) So they didn't have to find someone who looked alike. It was an actor named Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. He's from New Orleans, 6'5". He's going to be in the next Aquaman. He's going to be oh, wow. in the next Mad Max. Anyway, so they hijack an ambulance. Isa Gonzalez is the hot EMT. There's a cop that's been shot in the back who needs emergency life-saving surgery. And she's just an EMT. She doesn't know how to perform surgery. But she knows he's losing a lot of blood. 
don't worry because the secret good guy who's Jake Gyllenhaal's brother is like, I'm O positive, universal donor. So <laughs> as he's driving the ambulance in a high-speed chase, she's doing a blood transfusion from the driver to and then and then she's like, he's still bleeding. We have to get the bullet out. How are we gonna do this? So they FaceTime her hot ex, who's a surgeon, but he's like, wait, this is above my pay grade. And then they FaceTime in two other surgeons on the golf course who are zooming in, telling her like how to cut open his stomach and, and stick Gonzalez her hand. Gonzalez does it all. Yeah, on Zoom. Oof. It's just like the most ridiculous. She's on Zoom or on FaceTime? It. She's on FaceTime with her ex, but then Zooming in a pair of doctors who are on the golf course who are like specialized surgeons. It just like didn't via make- Like a laptop? Yes. The, yes, yes. Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, was holding a laptop up, like looking down at the guys. Like the whole thing was just so like unnecessary. Amazing. Yeah. But can I say, Jake Gyllenhaal just gets better with age. Yeah, I know. I know you feel that way about him. I did see this like clip on TikTok. It's like this interviewer's TikTok and he says that time I like shot my shot with Jake Gyllenhaal and it's a guy and he's like, Jake, thank you for that. And he's like, by the way, like I've had the biggest crush on you for like my entire life. And Jake does the one thing that kind of could turn me off, which is thank you. He like bows and <laughs> and does prayer hands. And I was like, oh God, oh Jake, no, that's not who I wanted you to be. Can we also circle back to Aquaman, by which I'm thinking of Amber Heard, by which I'm thinking of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's defamation lawsuit in Virginia currently taking place. Whoa, <sighs> what kind of podcast is this? I don't know. We're getting, this is just, it's more than beauty. It's, this is just the world that we're living in. <laughs> yeah, these are macro world issues yeah. that we're talking about here. I am fascinated beyond fascinated at what Amber Heard and Johnny Depp have been embroiled in for like it seems like 10 years I guess it's been since 2016 is when they divorced but currently for those who haven't been keeping up to speed Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard for defamation based on a op-ed that she wrote for the Washington Post about her experience being the victim of sexual violence and though she didn't name <laughs> Johnny Depp as the perpetrator in the op-ed, Johnny Depp decided to sue her. And so they are both in Virginia now in court. Wait, so she implied that he did what? Implied that he abused her. But she didn't name him. Correct. And as a result of that, he's been dropped from, like his career has kind of tanked. Well, yes, but also he, before this had, I believe, sued the London Sun, like that tabloid in the UK, for calling him a wife beater in an article, and he lost that suit. So this is his like second attempt. You know, we don't have to belabor this topic, but what I find confusing and interesting is, number one, how these two very famous celebrities and actors and talented in their own ways are willing to like continue this like public lawsuit at the expense of probably both of their careers at this point. Number two, how they have two completely opposing stories. Completely. They don't agree on anything. And so one of them is just like bold face lying. Usually right. I feel like in these kind of situations, like the truth certainly is more or less with one of the people in the lawsuit. And it can be a little... 
yeah, sure, there was a little bit of gray area, but ultimately it's like very clear what happened. In this, I was like doing all this like YouTube and internet like sleuthing and research. At different points in time, the public opinion has been swayed either way. There's all these recordings and text messages that have been read and all this stuff that's coming out that alternately fingers him or her as the perpetrator of violence because Johnny Depp denies assaulting Amber Heard and says, in fact, that he was the victim of domestic violence. Wait, why couldn't they have both been the perpetrators and both been the victims? I mean, I yes, they could be. I don't know how that leaves them legally. But the other crazy part is in these articles, Johnny Depp was once worth $650 million and he's now $40 million in debt. (laughs) Because of this scenario or because of bad investments? Well, he was spending $2 million a month and I guess his (laughs) former business manager (laughs) said, you know, like about his investments buying antique wine is not an investment if you drink it immediately. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Yeah. He's investing in something. (laughs) True. Anyway, so he spent a shitload of money. He's also spent a shitload of money on like these lawsuits. And one of the sort of more troubling facts in the Amber Heard case, which again, both sides have their own recollections or like reasonings for what happened But she was awarded $7 million in a divorce settlement that she said at the time she was going to donate it entirely to domestic violence organizations. And allegedly, like, none of it has gone to any domestic violence organizations yet. And she then said- That's the very thing about Pam of her. Really? I haven't watched that. But allegedly, it hasn't gone into these organizations she said it was going to go to. And then- she said that it was because she's having to pay for the lawsuit stuff. And he said, oh, you want the settlement to go to these organizations, then I'm just going to pay them directly. And she was like, no, 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 no. You need to give it to me first. Yeah. It's a weird situation. Less so to me because of the actual actions and more just this idea that like two people who have a lot to lose in having a public meltdown are going to such incredible lengths with such opposing narratives at the expense of their image, their career, making money, like all that stuff is confusing. Like the answer is obviously, as you sort of said, somewhere in the middle, probably that it was a violent relationship, a violent and dysfunctional relationship, but I don't think it ends well. And then I was reading this article in Rolling Stone, a recent article with Johnny Depp, an interview with Johnny Depp in Rolling Stone, which you can just Google Rolling Stone Johnny Depp, that makes it sound like he's sort of on his hard partying, destructive, self-destructive path, which is depressing considering how cool and talented he once seemed, you know? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) should we circle back to Ulta? Yeah, Nick was about to go off on Ulta just before we hit record. And so I said, as we always do, Save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. So I went to Ulta. I revealed my haul last week on the podcast. Which Ulta? Can you describe? It was a Ulta in Santa Monica, not in a strip mall, like on just on Wilshire Boulevard, big open space, not particularly well organized in my opinion. Mm. I am here to report that I did not like any of the products that were recommended to me. 
to refresh, I was looking for some sort of a tinted moisturizer or something to kind of even out my skin, but not look like makeup at all. Like I didn't want any kind of powderiness, any, any, anything. Like a skin tint or did you want yeah, it to Yeah, like be... a skin tint, but like maybe with a little bit of SPF. You or... didn't try the Glossier one? That is too heavy for me. Yeah, they because they made it higher coverage Heavier. than the original. Yeah. Yeah. It, that was always too heavy for me. So they recommended a Clarins one, which like was so cakey and bad. And then this Anastasia Beverly Hills bronzing contour stick, which was bad. <laughs> and a beauty blender to like blend it all in, which just seemed to like absorb all of it, but not in a good way. And so then what else was I going to do other than go to Sephora? As many readers mentioned, it was the Sephora sale. So I think I got like 15% off my entire order. And I spoke to the most wonderful cast member. Famously, Sephora modeled its corporate culture on Disneyland. Disney. (laughs) And so that's why they call it being like on stage or backstage. And they called their sales associates cast members. But do they go to like Sephora U? Have have you ever like gone into the Disney like rabbit hole to follow the kids that go to like Disney University to learn how to become a cast member? No. Fascinating. Okay. Well, let's put a pin in that. But the woman at Sephora was now in contrast so much more helpful. She knew exactly what I was looking for. She took me directly to a brand that I would not have known to go to, Ilya. And there is an Ilia like skin tint, tinted moisturizer thing that comes in a dropper. The serum. It's incredible. It gives okay. you coverage without any, it doesn't look like makeup. It somehow like gives you an even tone, but like sinks in. So it doesn't lay on top of your skin. That's interesting that you don't think that's too heavy. I find that no. one to be too like thick. The super serum skin tint. Yeah, I was like. It's not that the end result was too heavy in terms of coverage or like cakiness. But like but it, moving it around on your face is like a little thick. It, yeah, a little too syrupy. Yeah. Well, I've really liked it. It's giving me exactly what I want, which is a nicer complexion without like it doesn't crease. It doesn't cake or anything. And then we went over to Fenty Beauty and mm-hmm. bought a bronzer and a bronzing brush that is amazing And she was like, so good. She was like, oh my God, there's one of these left. This shade is always sold out. We're really lucky that we like got the last one of it. She did that shade match machine to my skin that they have at Sephora. For the bronzer? No, no, for the skin tint where they like take pictures of your skin and then Mm -hmm. it automatically recommends the shades and all the brands that they have at Sephora. And it was correct. Oh. And I was like, okay, am I done? Like, do anything else? She was like, well, you need a setting spray. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And so she like took me to Urban Decay. She was like, you said you like glow, but there's this new glow Urban Decay setting mist. (laughs) She got you to buy his setting spray? (laughs) Yeah. She was like, you need to set it. (laughs) She needs a, you need to email corporate about this one. She's, yeah. She was incredible. (laughs) You do not need a setting spray for tinted moisturizer (laughs) and bronzer. (laughs) That is wild. Um, I love that. But anyway, I've been so happy with these products that I got from her. Like she, maybe just the brands are better. I don't know. But she like listened. She got me to buy lots of fun things. So you ended up with a powder bronzer? Yeah, because she was like the cream ones all have a little bit of shimmer. It's true. That's true. Except for the milk makeup one. Oh, really? She did take me to milk, but I just don't trust milk. (laughs) Why don't don't you trust milk? (laughs) Because I don't trust like their version of clean makeup. 
I just feel like it's neither here nor there. But Fenty is not clean, is it? I didn't want clean. But milk feels like it's popsicle <laughs> sticks in Elmer's glue. I don't know. Like the whole brand just feels like it's like, you know what I mean? Doesn't it kind of? They have like cannabis mascara. And I'm like, what is this? Like this probably doesn't even have cannabis or mascara in it. I don't know. It feels like a house of cards. So I was not interested in that. So she she also listened to me and she took me to uh-huh. Fenty and I was very into Fenty. I was like, I did not even know that this was an option to boys, boys like me, so to speak. And I found a great bronzer and I'm not wearing any of it right now. So you can't really tell. If you are looking for a cream bronzer, Fenty's like contour stick, they make a really good neutral brown. So they were out of the color that she was like, there's this one color that always sells out and they were out of it. So she was like, let's just do this. Yeah. Because I wanted something that day. I didn't want to wait. Why? Was it for an event? No, I'm just like trying to get my face together. I feel like the whole COVID thing for like looking and dressing like a slob is like really old at this point. So I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to get snatched again. Well, you look great, Nick, I must say. Thank you. I guess I can, if we're talking about like beauty shopping trips last night, I'm having an issue because on the way home from work, I used to like to stop into, well, I would have to stop into the Dwayne Reed, CVS, whatever is on the street by me, I forget, to get my prescriptions and also have a little... I think at Target, they call it like mommy time where like it's like the one time the mom gets to do something for herself and the family. I'm like learning about all the psyche behind Mm -hmm. (laughs) who people think their guests are in the store and like cast members and all that. But um, everything is behind glass. Everything in the store is behind glass with lock and key now. Everything. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that is insane. Like you can't even pick up a box. Like you can't even pick up a moisturizer or a mascara or whatever and look at the ingredient list. It's all behind glass. Everything in the store besides like the food and greeting cards are behind glass. That's crazy. And also what's crazy about that is there can't be that many people who work there. So it probably takes forever to get someone to open it too. Yeah, I don't. So that's why I don't shop there anymore. And and that experience of being able to buy myself like a $10, like, I don't know, moisturizer or a new Essie nail polish or whatever, just for fun is no more. So last night I went overboard. I like OD'd on a CVS that did not have things behind glass, <laughs> but this was in Soho. So this was in like, you know, I guess they have less shoplifters there. So they don't feel the need to do that. Not only that, but they had like very expensive Sephora level brands in the store. And so I spent like $200 at CVS at midnight last night. So what did you get? Well, there's this brand called Rael, R-A-E-L yep. or Rael. Yeah. And I don't like the positioning because I feel like it's very niche and strange, but they position all the products as skincare for like when you're on your period or like during your cycle. But aren't you always on your cycle? It's just at, like a different point. Like, that, and like, that is the genius of Rael. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're always but, somewhere um, in your cycle. Yeah. But wait till like their new investors are like, how are we going to appeal to men? <laughs> But I got these weird little individual, I don't like the, pa- the I guess the one drawback is all the packaging required, but they mm-hmm. have these little packs of pods of hyaluronic acid, freeze-dried snowballs. From rail? Yes. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So you're supposed to take it because I guess like hyaluronic acid, the most stable form I think is this dry form, waterless. no UV, yeah, waterless. And so the idea is that you're supposed to unpack this ball and immediately put it in your hand 
in your serum and mix it with your serum and then apply it. Oh my God. I've had the tightest, weirdest, most flaky skin in the past week. Never in my life do I deal with skin like that. And it fixed it. Just one use. And you're supposed to use it twice a week. Hold on. I'm buying it right now. Moisture melt snowball hyaluronic acid concentrate. Yeah. And I also bought their creamy mist because I thought it would be like a bomb bomb milk, like Violette knockoff. But I feel like I maybe I might need to just buy hers because it's not very creamy. I will. It's not. It's not the, the I love it's a nice the mist. Violette one. It's really good. I know. I, that's why I wanted it. Um, and then Evian water, which normally I think a water is a water, right? So people with IBS, I guess in the past like couple of years, have been buying Evian water in droves because whatever the pH balance, the alkalineness of Evian water specifically is like curing people of their IBS symptoms. So I'm thinking like, well, what can it do for my skin? For me, how can I make this about me? So now Hold I'm on, IBS drinking. is a skin thing. I thought it was like a bowel thing. No, but I mean, like if think if it can like help with IBS, think of what it could do to your skin. Is what I'm saying. True. True. Right? There's a connection. But how does it help with IBS? <laughs> do you put it where, – where do you put it? They drink it. They just drink it. It's just they magic. Drink, I don't know. It's oh, magic just, water. The, it's the on. promise of Evian. Evian. You mean like people with IBS have been drinking – not the Evian spray. No, just the water. Got it. Drinking, got it, got consuming it. Evian water. So now I'm on an exclusive Evian water diet, only Evian water. I think Evian water tastes like shit. This isn't about taste for me. My skin is like a total – weirdly, I mean, I guess it's on brand for me. The skin on my body is great. Skin on my face is like a disaster. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I guess we have to start making facial skincare products. <laughs> Here's what I want to say, which is I followed someone on TikTok who is like a water expert. And they went to the grocery <laughs> store and they were like, which waters would they get? Which are like the best and like the safest and the healthiest. And they said Icelandic, you know, like the one that is like Icelandic glacier or something. Icelandic uh, glacial. I've never seen this brand before. You haven't? It like has like no. kind of like a the top of it looks like a glacier. I've never seen this water before. Go on. He said that that was like the healthiest water. It's like the most alkaline. It's like the best. It's the best for you. I want Evian to partner with soft services to make a shower filter. I want to bathe in Evian water and see what but it I does But I guess the me. issue is that Evian water is like from a place and your shower is wherever you are. Yeah, but how can a filter have whatever it needs to have inside of it to transform the pH, the mineral content. So like it would have to add minerals and stuff. It would have to take away toxins. Toxins. I'm like rolling my <laughs> eyes. But it would have to take away the crap in like microplastics that's in all of our water now oh God, and then put yeah. in the Evian-ness. Well, you, if you didn't then, listen to last week's podcast, you didn't even know that 80% of people have microplastics in their bloodstream, according to a you study said, well, of 22 you the, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 22 people. <laughs> but I think it was like a legit study because it was in The Guardian and it was like in a very legit journal. Yeah. You sent me the headline and I couldn't yeah. emotionally deal with it that day. Honestly, fair. But I accept, you know, we grew up, we were already indoctrinated into the plastic lifestyle with Aqua's Barbie Girl. True. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. Well, who knew that 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 was actually foreshadowing. And is it fantastic? No. I mean, it has its moments. Sometimes. What else, Nick? Let's talk about fun stuff. Uh, I got well, to get dressed up. For what? I went to a wedding. I feel like I haven't gotten dressed up to go to an event in like, I don't even remember the last time. Yeah, it's been a while. I 
like don't even know what it means to dress up anymore. I feel like my body's changed. My like mind has changed. I'm like a different person emotionally than I was pre COVID. And now I don't even like, I, what would I wear? I feel like I might go the Andre Leontali route and just wear like an enormous Ralph Rucci poncho thing. Captain. Yeah. I got the dress the day of the wedding. I went to decades in LA vintage vintage store, Cameron silver icon. And I'm a little perturbed because I asked if they had a specific, very niche, very LA designer. And I asked if they had any of his stuff and he said it was like a light bulb went off and he was like, we did, but the suits didn't really sell. But yes, we used to have his gowns. And I was like, interesting. I had a whole folder saved of his stuff on the real, real dirt cheap, all gone the next day. Really? Hmm. Who could that have been? Is it the Richard someone? <gasps> don't, don't say it. Don't say I it. I knew who you were talking about. Don't that feels like it. very you. I know. That's why nobody can know. It's my little thing. I can't afford like the other stuff. So please don't drive up the cost if you know what it is and buy everything. But they had like the most beautiful suit on the real reel and then it was gone the next day along with all the gowns. But I found a Nina. There had to have been some like rich LA lady that is exactly my size because she there was a Nina Ricci like teal blue gorgeous slip dress, but not. It was like very well constructed and it had even like secret mesh inside to make the um, hem at the bottom a certain shape when you stand. Like it looked like a normal slip dress. Like, oh, Kate Moss just threw this on and it looks incredible. But the inside was constructed to be that way. It was divine. I feel like you never even think about that. That like the difference between like a cheaper dress and a more expensive dress can sometimes be like the internal bodice of it. Yeah, the construction of it all. Yeah. So there's like a very rich lady in LA that's exactly my size that sells her stuff to decades because never has there been a gown that I haven't had to get tailored. And this was like perfect. It fit perfect and I wore it that night. Perfectly. It fit perfect. (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to think of like anything else that's going on in my life. It's Passover. So happy early Chag Sameah to my Jews who I haven't already alienated with our discourse and my teardown of birthright. I'm cooking Passover. I'm making a brisket. I love briscuits so much. I'm using my pressure cooker. Do you make cooker. it in the oven? No, oh, pressure, pressure cooker. cooker. Set it and forget it. Do you use liquid smoke? No, 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 no. That feels very Texas. Mm-hmm. I bought an air fryer, which I'm loving. An air fryer also, little secret, is just like a toaster oven that has like a fan in it. Is it just a convection it's oven? just convection oven, just new branding, yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> I then I don't need to get one. Do you have a convection oven? My boyfriend does, but he also doesn't have, he doesn't have a kitchen that you can actually cook in because he's like a single guy and eats out all the time. He has some things that are like great, but other things like I was like, oh, I'm going to be cute and make you dinner. Can I make you dinner? I go he over like there didn't and have like, like a spoon. He didn't have a knife. <laughs> he had butter knives. Okay, we can't. <laughs> but convection ovens. Yeah. So now I don't need to get an air fryer. Because I'm also trying to like make healthy, delicious foods and air fryer seems to be the only answer. Oh, no, it is. That is what I do like about it is that it, it well, it actually works faster than a regular oven, probably because it's smaller. So it takes less time to heat up the desired temperature. But I got the Breville Air Fryer Pro. So if any of the readers actually have good recipes for this, it's not necessarily 
the air fryer that like yields the crispiest food. Like I think that some of those are like the Ninja or the coarse Coastery, but those are plastic. And I just didn't want to get one that was like heating up plastic, like Teflon and plastic. Like the tray inside is plastic? I mean, like the entire thing, like a Ninja air fryer, the ones that look like spaceships are made of plastic. Wow. And then, oh, you got one that looks like, I see, you got one that looks like a microwave. No, it looks like a toaster, like an enormous toaster oven, but it has an air fryer function. So, And I've read that it's not maybe the best at air frying, but it's maybe the healthiest. You were like, I've just found out we have 28% microplastics in our body. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so. so I'm just like not trying to get any more. You know Fascinating. What I mean? Well, do I need to get an air fryer? Do you highly recommend? Like, Not yet. Let me take a little bit. Not the same level as a pressure cooker for you. No. I mean, stovetop pressure cooker is a must get. I'm obsessed. I use it multiple times a week. Let me ask you this. Rice cookers. Thoughts? I don't find it hard to make rice in a pot. Interesting. You know? Okay. No on rice cooker. But again, I know people who are like are obsessed with rice cookers. I think probably once we have a bigger family, a rice cooker might make sense because, you know, like right now we're making rice for two people. But if you were making rice for four or five, I could understand like getting a machine. Also, we have very limited counter space and all this stuff takes up space. Right. Are there any beauty stories we want to cover this week? We didn't send each other one gosh darn thing except for Dolly Parton now has Duncan Duncan Hines Hines cake mix. Which is cool. Was there an award show that happened? Are we missing some like review? Oh, the Grammys? Grammys? The Grammys? But nobody Do cares. We... I mean. Nobody cared. No, nobody nobody cared. cared. I didn't know it happened in Vegas. Yeah, no. I mean. Weren't you in? I Were was you in there? Vegas the day before. Yeah. Oh, wh- tell me about that. Nothing to report. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I remember seeing that at the time and being like, why nothing, is Nick at the Grammys? Are we report. nominated? Nope. We did not win any awards. Do we want to talk about the Beckham wedding? No. I know my mom said if I hear one more gosh darn thing about this gosh darn wedding, I'm going to hurl. I mean, I guess it's cool that they have like a Peeps collaboration with ColourPop for Easter. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) There was literally nothing. And so, you know, you guys have things to do. We all have things to do. So I think we should just call it an episode and we'll come back next week with a very news-heavy mm. program. I don't think we need to do a product of the week because you've heard some. Mine is definitely the Ilia Super Serum. I'm obsessed. But I'm, I would recommend going to a Sephora and making sure that you get the right color. But what I love about it is it doesn't cake. But you also don't need a lot. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that assessment. Less is more. Oh, what? Frederick Mall, incredible stuff. They have a fragrance. I know I said Diaz and Durga is my favorite, still is the baser. But my second favorite is Frederick Mall music for a while. Pineapple, lavender. But oh, pineapple and lavender. I know it sounds weird. Opens with pineapple, ends with lavender. There's a little bit of like sagey, incensey, earthy smells in there too. So, okay, that's what I got. Eyewitness Beauty was. Produced by <laughs> Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music is by Danny Presant, and our album art was by Simon Abronowitz. You can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. 
can't review on Spotify, but we ask you to review us and share our podcast. It's how we get more readers like you. What else? We're on Instagram at Eyewitness Beauty. And patreon.com slash Eyewitness Beauty helps us defray the production costs of making this podcast. It is, I promise you, not going into our pockets. It's literally just going... Back to you, into your ear yeah, holes. It's going, honestly, it is. A vote for Eyewitness Beauty on Patreon is really a vote for yourself. It's a vote for you, the content you take in. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.